Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. You come for the Star Wars, you're going to stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. A man who, if he was a protocol droid, he would be magnificent in human Blyborg relations. Boom! <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> Jabba the Hud. Mate, Hud Solo. What are you like, mate? Are we getting, are we getting a little desperate on the fly puns now, are we? I've had that one for two weeks because I've been able to come out with nothing else. <laughs> oh, my days, mate. I think it's... Uh, Look, let's call it a spade, right? Let's call a spade a spade, yeah? <laughs> We're desperate now, guys. Listeners, if you have any Bly pun Star Wars-related puns for us, send them in to us, will you? Send them, send them in, because old Matt here is he's running out of them, and quite frankly, I don't envy him, because I can't think of any. I can't sit around and pretend to be shocked, like, yeah, Matt, do this one, mate, and, and then I'll be like, oh, wow. <laughs> Poor old, poor old Matt. The only rules are it has to be Bly and it can't be something like the Imp Blyer. It has to be a straight up pun. Yeah, straight up puntastic. Um, anyway, how on earth are you, Matt? I hear there are lots of fireworks going on in Coruscant or Endor or something like that tonight, but we're not here to chat about that, are we? We're going, we're, to- we're talking about the real deal. We are. Good weekend, mate. Yeah, busy weekend of friends and family. And yeah, if you do hear the sound of bombs dropping, it isn't Luke's opinions and hot takes. It's fireworks over here in the UK. So it's uh, old guy forks and all that. But yeah, very good over here, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, mate, I- I- I've been dandy. Um, and t- to be frank, I know last week um, we put out our Comic-Con episode and we're going <laughs> to chat about that a little bit more later. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm really pleased to be back so, live yeah. talking to you, mate. And I'm ready to shoot the galactic breeze. Let's do it. What's been happening in the galaxy, Master Blywalker? Right, people, we got some spicy news for your ears. The Star Wars galaxy has been busy, or Emperor Kennedy has been busy, (laughs) more like it. Or... That's what it seems. Benioff and Weiss create, or not creators, dare I say creators. Um, <laughs> Benioff and Weiss, the, the, the screenwriters, am I right? Yeah, in showrunners, that? yeah, the brains show, behind show. the series. Yeah, Game of Thrones, right? Those guys. Um, they were obviously given a Star Wars trilogy by Lucasfilm. Um, and this has been reported on, confirmed for the last few months. I, I think it was earlier on in the year it, it was announced. Um, however, people, they are officially gone from the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Lucasfilm and Benioff and Weiss have gone their separate ways. Um, and uh, bearing in mind the pair, um, they're on to do a $250 million us dollar deal with netflix right and they're saying they don't have enough time for star wars and they don't have enough time for netflix and do you know what first opinion matt i'm going to give you my first opinion go on what we like yeah? to hear it dude fair enough yeah okay yeah 
Net, if, if you're doing so much on Netflix and you're doing so much on Star Wars, fair enough. Okay. However, my friend, this is deeper than that. This is much deeper than that. Here there is comes. no way it's to do with a schedule. That's what I'm going to pass the baton over to you, mate. What's your opinion? <laughs> what a king. What's your um, opinion? Well, the first, the first thing I thought of when I heard this was for however many months and episodes we've been doing this, I've been banging the drum for Kathleen Kennedy. I'm, I'm never going to turn against her, but I have been saying that her decisions have been uh, not without, you know, negatives. This is another one. So the first thing I thought was, oh no, not a, not another set of directors or writers or big names who are being axed from projects. Um, as you say, it is deeper than that. But my initial thought was, oh no. Obviously, in from reading the stories and that, I'm, yeah, I've got thoughts about it. But when I first saw it, I wasn't overly bothered, as in sad by it. It's sad for want of a better word, because uh, I thought mm. maybe it opens doors for certain other people. However, mm. hearing about what they were apparently going to be doing, would have been doing, that then makes me think, what if? But no, first up, I did think, oh no, this is just another, another like you know, uh, bow to shoot, uh, arrow to shoot at Kathleen Kennedy. But I still hold firm that she's doing a good job. What's funny, man, is like in our in our last Patreon exclusive yeah. podcast, right? Um, yourself and me. And Isaac, our videographer, big shout out to Isaac Pevy, who came to Comic Con, did job, our videography, he did a fantastic job. We had a little chit chat, didn't we? A podcast we did. Uh, chit chat. And we actually chatted about directorship, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, a little bit on Benioff and Wyatt, right? And Kathleen Kennedy. Yep. And it's just funny that, like, pretty much a few days later, <laughs> this news comes out, the woodwork, right? And, and changes it all. My initial reactions, and, and actually, Kind of after our chat, mm -hmm. where where like Isaac elaborated a little bit more on what Benioff and Weiss do, um, I'll be honest, mate. I'm kind of glad they're away yeah. and out of the franchise. Same here. I was to say that now. Yeah, same here. Yeah, not I'm, maliciously. I'm kind of glad. Yeah. No, it sounds like it sounds like you know. I mean, they went out and did a panel recently, right? Somewhere <laughs> on, on some sort yeah, of Texas, conventional think, Comic Con. Yeah. And they pretty much said they don't like fantasy. <laughs> Which is ridiculous they? for a fantasy series or set of novels. You don't like fantasy. Are you having a laugh? Yeah. Are you having a laugh? You don't like fantasy and you're doing a Star Wars trilogy. Uh... That's all you Are can you say is just... Me? Uh, and Game of Thrones, obviously, which is a massive uh, series of fantasy novels. That George R. R. Martin still hasn't finished, but I mean it, that they're pretty much dabbling in fantasy, sci-fi fantasy, and like um, Game of Thrones style weird fantasy. So it's, it's, that's kind of where they've hung their hats, hung their hats at the minute. They, they're coming out and saying, "Do you know what? We we try our best to actually take as much of the fantasy out of it, regardless of what the fans might think." And I'm not sure old KK would have enjoyed hearing that. Nah, it's just a bit stupid, isn't it? Like, let's be honest, it's just stupid. You don't, if you're in charge of an upcoming Star Wars trilogy and you go on a stage for the whole world to see and hear, and you say, I don't like fantasy, it's just stupid. You're shooting yourself in the foot. On top of that, right, the, the, I mean, I'm not a Thrones fan, um, but we all know, thanks to the internet, that mm. pretty much the last season of Game of Thrones was received terribly. Um, and, and, and people, people weren't fans of it. And, 
I don't know, man. I, I think it's I think it's 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 good riddance. However, this for me spurns on the question of does does Lucasfilm have a problem with directors? Does Lucasfilm have a problem with keeping people on board projects or even bringing people in to projects? Right. I'm also going to amend a thought that I've stood by for the last few months now. Go right. On, go on. I've, I, you know what I'm I know what's coming. You cheeky sounds, <laughs> though. I think Ryan Johnson probably is going to be getting his trilogy now. Hopefully. Because, well, we'll see. Uh, let's see after episode nine, once all episode nine's calmed down and whatnot. I don't think Lucasfilm, while well, saying that, you know, I was just saying that they've got rid of these guys pretty much publicly. I don't know. I, I feel like Ryan, if Ryan's probably going to get his trilogy now. And Benioff and Weiss, you know, they, they can go do their own thing for Netflix. Um, the, 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 the problem is, dude, is that you have um, directorship problems of Rogue One, right? Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Gareth, Gareth Edwards played um, by the rules he and whatnot. Ball. But yeah. obviously, the, yeah, they, they sent in, um, remind me of his name. Tony dude. Gilroy. Tony Gilroy to kind of help out and quote unquote fix Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, now we don't know, like we don't know the extent of that at all, right? So, so we let's take that with a grain of salt. JJ Abrams had issues of Episode Nine, although you know they weren't as big as what I, don't, I, I think people. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Episode Seven. Episode Seven. My, my apologies. Um, but I, again, I don't think we know the full picture of that. And I don't, I, I don't think it's quite as bad as what people make mm-hmm. out. Ryan Johnson had a clean <laughs> slate as far time. as we know. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there was pretty much no problems. I was like, start <laughs> to finish done. And obviously solo, a star Wars story, the craziness that happened there um, with the Lego movie guys. Um, Lord and Miller. Lord and Miller, thank you. Wow, I am not on form tonight. <laughs> we're, we're recording on a different day, guys, so we're all a bit here and yeah. there. We're all a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. We're all away with the fairies. Um, it's these dark nights, man. The clocks have all changed. Not to sort all for ten, mate. Um, yeah. But you, you know, yeah, yeah. But you get the idea, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so Ron Howard had to come in, pretty much save Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, and actually, you know, from what I hear, Episode Nine has gone swimmingly, which is cool. Seems to have, with yeah. just minor, yeah, with just like minor reshoots, which is normal for any film. Exactly. Um, so, listen. I think that it, I would rather these guys get rid of now, put it that way, than a few like years down the line or halfway during the trilogy or something like that. I'd rather they get rid of them now and get people in. I think the issue is, Matt, people aren't up for making Star Wars films. I think people are scared of making Star Wars films. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll be honest. That makes sense. And who's going to want to come on board anytime soon? What kind of like budding... A director is going to want to come on board like an up-and-comer because are they going to think, well, I'm not going to be able to put my own stamp on it. What established director is going to think, I really can't be bothered with the hassle that may come because apparently the the word is from the from the rumour mill that Benioff and Weiss weren't happy and they've come out and said that creators in the galaxy, Star Wars Galaxy, were, they're shackled in their attempt for creative freedom. They are told that, yep, you can put your stamp on it, but when it comes to you know, writing the story and presenting ideas they are very quickly nixed and 86 and thrown out very quickly. So apparently that's been happening quite a lot, which may marry up with some of the reason why people are 
you know, being thrown out, i.e. Lord and Miller. But for Benioff and Weiss, I mean, for, for their credit, I mean, clearly they're talented at what they do because, I mean, their awards hall, the amount of accolades they've got for Game of Thrones, and I mean, like, physical awards, is breathtaking. But they don't seem to have the right attitude or the mindset. The, the Q&A, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was who live-tweeted the whole thing, which is what caused this whole uproar. But, you know, they were kind of pretty much like, we've just winged this whole thing. So, and look where we are now. It's mad, isn't it? And as well, Netflix Netflix is paying the big bucks. We know Netflix is a streaming beast. Uh, and obviously it's going to be going head-to-head with Disney Plus soon, shall we just say. But uh, but you're going to go with Netflix rather than your own original Star Wars trilogy. That's what got me as well. I get that Netflix, you may have more freedom for ideas and creativity. But you could create a legacy if they created a, you know, a boss Star Wars trilogy, because apparently it was all going to be about the origins of the Jedi, going right back to the start of the Jedi uh, and how they came to be and whether that was the conflict with Sith, I don't know, but it was going to go like proper beginning of everything. Um, so that's when I when I th- found that out, I thought I could would have loved to have seen that. However, Benioff and Weiss aren't the only people who can tell a good story. They're certainly not the only people who can tell the story of the origins of the Jedi, and if this, if this does open a door for Ryan Johnson's trilogy, then I'll be pleased. On the other hand, I agree with what you said this week and, and over the past few weeks. They're absolutely, definitely not 100% never going to announce Ryan Johnson's trilogy as cancelled before The Rise of Skywalker. However, as much as I am banging the drum for you know Disney, Lucasfilm, Bob Iger, Kathy Kennedy, if it came out sometime in like the first quarter of next year, that actually they're not going ahead with Ryan Johnson's trilogy either. I think I'd have to take a complete 180 and be like, what on earth, what the hell is going on over there now? Because everything seems to be falling apart. So I hope Ryan Johnson gets his trilogy creatively because I think he could do a magnificent job without the the canon shackles that he had upon him because of the saga storyline. But also, Mm. I really hope he gets it because if he doesn't, then something's seriously wrong at Lucasfilm for everybody to be dropping like flies. So... That's what I think. But in terms of the actual news, you know, guys lost their job. It's a shame they're going to go on to earn a quarter of a billion dollars doing something else. It just means that somebody else can step in. Another talented writer Mm. or set of writers Mm. or directors Mm -hmm. are going to get their chance. So as much as it sucks that, you know, the idea could have been good, does that mean nobody can ever take this story and run of it? No. So it is what it is, but by the sounds of it, I'm with you. I, I, you know, kind of, it's kind of like, you know, thanks for, Thanks for your efforts, but you know we're, we're going to look somewhere else now, mate. Not entirely disappointed. Watch this space, dude. Watch this space. Like when when episode nine knocks it out of the park, right? I think the atmosphere of the company, the atmosphere of Lucasfilm, people wanting to work and collaborate with Lucasfilm would be totally different. Yeah, I agree. You know that that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But a lot of it, I just want to point out, a lot of it is speculation. A lot of it isn't facts and the truth is disney lucasfilm those guys have kept a tight lock on this information Mm -hmm. on what's actually gone down right so with some of these things we're none the wiser man we're none the wiser there we go there we go that is that is new talking about keeping a tight lock on things next up this is unsurprising yet still nice to hear confirmation for four Years, the space between one Football World Cup and another. Four years, Ewan McGregor had to lie about 
being in talks to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. Apparently he was in, well, apparently for definite, he's confirmed, he was in talks to star as Obi-Wan in a movie four years ago. So that's a long old time to lie or conceal the truth. Just imagine having to, you know, not tell anybody this for such a long amount of time. Um, Ewan McGregor said it was really awkward. Who can blame him? Just think how many times was he asked every appearance he had on a TV chat show mm. or even at a press junket, you know, where you could, people would ask, are you going back to Star Wars? And he's had to, he said he wasn't keen on having to lie, but the studios wanted privacy and secrecy and he respected that. But he was also quite interesting. He said he was quite aware that people like me or you or other people in the, in the fandom were also saying, we are not having, we can't have anyone else play Kenobi. We don't want anyone else. So he was aware that the fans wanted him, but he couldn't say anything. So I thought that was really uh, interesting. So yeah, confirmation that a movie yes, was originally slated. Right. We knew we were going to get a movie. Now we're getting obviously the series. We've got Deborah Chow directing. Hossein Amini is going to write it. And he also went on to say, Ewan, kind of not a synopsis of what the show's about, but a little bit, and it's quite telling verbatim. The Jedi Order was falling apart. It will be interesting to take a character we know in a way and show him, well, his arc will be quite interesting. I think dealing with that, the fact mm. that all the Jedi were slaughtered at the end of episode three, it's quite something to get over. So we're definitely getting that deep dive into Obi-Wan's mindset, knowing that all of his brethren were slaughtered. But four years having to lie, mate. How would you How would you get on? How long would it take before you cracked under that kind of pressure? Dude, like... I I have no idea how some people do these sort of things. Like you just know, like I would I would let that information go, like just accidentally on the show. Yeah, it'd be it'd, it'd be cra- yeah, that's it. Uh, it would be it'd be crazy. But I I think um, to be honest, one of the things I took away from this was that you know if he, if Ewan McGregor is doing like, like doing fibs and kind of like avoiding talking about this, who else? Ooh. What other people? What other directors? also do true you know just something to just something to bear in mind for me this is this is just like you know one of those bantasaurus uh <laughs> yeah, stories yeah. in it really but you can take a lot away from it like regarding other topics too it, t- it tells you quite a lot about how lucasfilm and people like that work really at the moment yeah. so yeah just something to bear in mind it's true as far as i'm aware you and mcgregor wouldn't have been under contract per se of disney so he's not getting paid the keeper's mouth quiet i don't believe so obviously he said it himself. He respects the studio's wish. Um, so yeah, it's not like he had um, money being thrown at him to keep quiet. So yeah, well done, you and McGregor. But it was one of the worst kept secrets in show business. However, it's quite nice to know that every time I go back to watch an old interview with him, he's lying out of his Scottish teeth. Yeah, what? But what a wonderful Scottish accent that is, eh? What a man! What a beard! What an absolute lad come Boom. hunk! Yep. Boom, 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 beef boom. And talking be. about lads. Talking about beefcakes. Talking about lads. Go talking on. about hunks. Go on. We got an we we got an absolute lad coming into our galaxies next week. Coming to our living rooms. Next week. Next. Next week. The Mandalorian <laughs> drops on Disney Plus next week people around the world well (laughs) mostly the united states canada new zealand holland and a select few other countries but let's be honest around the world around the world people are going to be watching the mandalorian the first ever live action star wars tv show one of the most anticipated and amazing 
TV shows to really be in production. This is, rumour has it that this is the most expensive TV show ever made. And people, we got a new trailer for it last night. And Matt, have you seen it? Yeah, man. Um, of course, I, there was a tra- there was a trailer that came out a couple of days ago, and then they dropped a teaser. And this is kind of on the back of people. I heard a few people saying, "Oh, oh Red, Disney aren't really marketing the Mandalorian. I've, do they have worries about it? Is it bad?" And then suddenly they dropped these two bad boys. And any any Disney are, have been marketing the Mandalorian. They've been marketing Disney Plus as a whole. This thing looks the bomb. But yes, I saw this trailer, and I've been waiting. To see what this guy, Luke Bly, had to say about it. Uh, dude, I think it looks fantastic. Yeah. Everything about it. Everything about it is incredible. The ending line. Yeah? Good. Yeah, good. In, insert that audio then, bro. Insert that audio then. Yeah? Good. There it is. What a, what dude, a geese. Dude, like, like that he's just a bad boy isn't he, he like care, he, he? everything about this everything <laughs> about this show just screams like a western yeah. you know it, it 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 just i'm just so excited for it um me and a few buddies we did a star wars role playing game yes. on saturday and um actually isaac he was the Blizzard. game master for it and blizer yeah bly pun dab um uh right so so and i I was a mandalorian in that so you know i the mandalorian fever is definitely it's definitely here it's hit home and i am absolutely buzzing and even um the other night there was another teaser that came out and we see our blog boy don't we our blog boy oh mate we see what's his name kalu or something uh kuil kuil yeah kuil 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 yeah kuil yeah what a lad but dude, I'm absolutely buzzing for this, dude. One, honestly, it's mental to think that by the time this show drops, it will be under a week to go. And then, as far as, far as I know, actually, next week from the time of recording, there's two shows dropping. There's one coming out on the Tuesday, one on the Friday. So we're getting double yep. Mando. We're getting we're getting double Hunk next week. Uh, everything about and these was full so, and order. Oh, at the end of the week, in one week, and, and tonight, week. tonight. Tonight, Resistance Reborn dropped as well, which I cannot wait to read because it's uh, the new novel, which leads directly into the rise of Skywalker, which is apparently oh. like, like, like tear-jerkingly good in terms of how it ties so much together. I can't wait. But for the trailers, mate, it's got word of Werner Herzog. I can't wait till we get a character's name, so I don't have to keep calling him Werner Herzog. His um his narration, it, it, it's a world more peaceful since the revolution. Uh, that is, weird. and don't forget, yeah. we get the separatist yeah. ship, we get the B two battle droids. Oh, dude. we're going to get live action battle How good droids. Was it seeing that prequel stuff? I cannot. I, wait. I, I'm. I mean, it's. It, I think that's going to be in the first episode. Oh, I, I wouldn't be. be surprised if that is the Mandalorian as a kid. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think it will. And be. it's the Clone Wars. I think it will be. And... I, I, the show will start out with the Clone Wars. How, when it, how good to be the Battle of Mandalore. Clone Wars live action. Dave we saw, Filoni, dude. Uh, for, exactly, Filoni. Every time he's asked, I watched a I watched a cast interview with him the other the other last week with all the major cast. Um, and he was asked, you know, is anyone or have you got any surprises for the Star Wars fans? And as Filoni does, he just, he puts his head down and he just smiles to himself because oh, yeah, there's gonna be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Under that hat of his, there's so much he's hiding. It's, I wouldn't be surprised if Sabine Wren pops up in season at the end of the season or season two or something like that. But there's so much cool stuff. Like he's, he gets he he takes a few shots and his Beskar armor just bounces it all off. You see him on a jetpack attacking that Moff Gideon ship. You see the moment where him and Cara Dune 
um, Gina Carano's character. I think they just became best friends. Yeah, we get Nick Nolte. We get the Mando on a blurg. Stormtroopers on speeders. And, um, and Ming-Na Wen's character is introduced as well. Um, she's an assassin named Fennec Shan. And she just says, your name will be legendary. Um, I think this show is going to be legendary. Uh, one week to go. Do you go. Uh, pop, pop, pop question. Are they going to release any more footage between this second and next Tuesday? Yes. Oh, yes. You heard it here first, Ma- guys. Mate, Dis- Dis- Disney Plus is going to be marketing this, and we're going to get a few new clips. It'll be tiny, like the like the teaser that came out the yeah, other day with Kuiil. Uh, yeah, like yeah, like it'll, it'll be something like that. That's that's what I'm thinking. But dude, I I I'm absolutely buzzing. Like I I th- no, I don't even think we realise how good this show is going to be. I don't even think like the world realizes how good this show is going to be. I can honestly wait. do the world I'm, building. Like, I'm buzzing. What's for that? It, that really? rhino beast as well. That was in it. And that cool geezer says, um, "I've never met a Mando Mandalorian. I've only heard the story. So I mean, is, is he like one of the last Mandalorians or something? There's, there's so much like world building and mythology they're going to be creating, and just not just that. I mean, visually, it looks the boy. It looks smoking. We get to see the Razor Crest Atlas. Good. Just everything about it. Look, Carl Weathers looks like a king as usual." I'm just getting excited, mate. We've got a week to go. I cannot wait to just eat up both episodes next week and then play some full in order. But for the Mandalorian, I'm on countdown now. I don't. I know it's. We sound very excited because who isn't? I, I would like to speak to somebody who isn't excited by this. There's one word for it, mate. Yeah. Spicy. <laughs> a word that reverberated week, around the Excel in a few weeks, but we like a few weeks ago. But we will speak about that later on. I can, oh, and I cannot wait. But um, before we move on, elsewhere in the galaxy, uh, a couple of little tidbits. A 1979 Kenner action figure of Boba Fett, speaking of Mandos, is all non-Mandos, is expected to fetch £390,000 or 504000 bucks at auction. Plo Koon and Kit Fisto wow. are getting some Black Series figures. And Hayden Christensen's Galaxy's Edge appearance has sparked more online rumours by the fact that he left his house. Apparently, he's now going to be in the Rise of Skywalker. But he was at Galaxy's Edge with his young daughter, doing what everybody else does, taking pictures by the Falcon, making lightsabers. But, um, you know, people are now... He's saying, coming back. People are saying, you know, he's, he's coming home. He's coming back. Hayden's he's coming, coming home. Back, do, 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 do. But um, he fancy splashing out 390 grand on a Boba Fett figure. Uh, do you know what? Yeah. I'm good, mate. Yeah, okay. I'm good. Whoever has that sort of money and spending it on a Boba, Boba Fett. Like, dude, I love Star Wars. We are Star Wars fans. But who on but... earth has that kind of money to splash out on that? Bill Gates. Has... Stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying, like, it's all these Silicon Valley dudes that grew up with the original trilogy. And, and they're just like, yeah, no, fair enough. Take it all back. That's half a million dollars on an action figure. Yeah, Plo Koon, Kit Fisto, they're getting Black Series figures. We saw some at Comic-Con as we as we put up on our story, Instagram stories. And as we mentioned uh, last week, we've got, so, we've got some wicked figures coming out in the Black Series. But good to see some pre- the prequels getting some love in. But I'm going to ask you again, five, six weeks to go, Hayden Christensen, over under 75%. Is he in the Rise of Skywalker in any capacity? Matt, 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 yep. Matt, Matt, Matt. Over. Boom! Hayden's in it. Bly Walker said it. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. 
And tonight we are going to party like it's 1976. And there's a good reason for that. We received an email out of the blue a few weeks ago from a lad called James Cooper, a nice guy, who's based in London. And he gave us a pretty wonderful, sweet, tempting offer. Um, so we met James in September in a sweet pub in London called The Smuggler's Tavern. And we mentioned this on a podcast a few months ago where we were on our way to London. And this is why. Basically, in this pub, over a nice cold pint on a crisp summer's evening, we were given a original fourth draft 1976 script of Star Wars. We got some unseen black and white images during the shooting and a call sheet, a call sheet from Friday, March the 26th, 1976, which is all about the cast and crew filming in Tazua, Tunisia, which was Tatooine. And the materials originally came from James's grandpa, Arnold Ross. You may have heard the name. He was the location manager for Star Wars, uh, as well as Never Say Never Again, Trial by Combat and a few others. And James found the items by chance at the back of his grand's cupboard in the 90s, which he himself called a pleasant surprise. And to that, I could say it's an extremely pleasant surprise, mate. Yeah, absolutely. We heard many, many things that night. We exchanged stories and we had an amazing time. And before we go on, I just want to give like a really sincere shout out and thank you to James Cooper for, for doing this for us, for meeting with us. Um, and, and we're going to discuss a bit more uh, bits that, that, that is all possible because of James. But it just so happens that James is an amazing artist yes he is fantastic he does contemporary work it's eye-catching it's eccentric art um so please check him out visit his website www.artbycooper.co just.co at the end so if you're interested please give him some love um because he's given us some amazing treasures to talk about in fact he also told us that his gran had stories about the star wars team buying a lot of props and paperwork and burying them well, no, not by him, burying them <laughs> in the Tunisian desert. Imagine that. So going to the Tunisian desert and div- digging up an, like an flipping Java suit or something. <laughs> now, it's just like mental, absolutely mental. Um, but also how she refused a role in Star Wars because it was too hot. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, and, but to bear in mind, like, people didn't even know. They had no idea what how big this was going to be, did they? This they clearly a, had no A no funny clue. space story about Jawas and robots in the sand. And it's amazing to think that somewhere out there in the Tunisian desert, where actually we actually have the exact directions on this call sheet, but somewhere out there are props and paperwork from, from this movie, which, like I say, at the time was just... A film which George Lucas lobbied to get made. It's an independent film, basically. And look at what it became. But I can't blame James's grand because looking at the temperatures in Tunisia back in the day um, from here and the uh, other cast and crew stories, it was a little bit hot. Hotter than we usually get in England, shall we say. Um, so I don't blame you. But what we're going to do is we got the script. We got that fourth draft from of 1976, January the 1st, this was um, produced. So we're going to kind of... Chat about some of the main changes and maybe some of the interesting little things we got out of it. So what could have been, almost, you know what I mean? Compared, we, we know A New Hope, or a Star Wars, it's called. We love it. We know it. How could it have been different? So we've got a couple of things which are a bit different. Also, we'll, we'll dive into the call sheet and some of the pictures as well. But also at the end, we'll just kind of maybe, maybe just kind of recap what it was like to see it for the first time. But... Um, about the script then, like I said, fourth draft, 1976, it's a little bit different. Uh, Luke, 
take us away in terms of you know one or two or three or however many things you want to go about which could have changed the film as we know it yeah the the the, the first thing that i'm going to mention is this is the first time i've seen official lucasfilm um documentary well i don't think i've ever seen like <laughs> official lucasfilm um documentation like from the actual business and I, I was able to hold it i was able to touch it look through it um which was just one of the most surreal things i've ever done in my life to be honest but also just seeing an official documentation typed out luke starkiller Mate. That's what I'm going to start off with, right? And that's something that a lot of people know. Um, but Well, the diehards know. But mm. there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there that don't know that Luke Skywalker's name was actually Star Killer. Yeah. And in a lot of the drafts, that's what he's called, Luke Star Killer. Um, and that is just the start. That is, that is just the tip of the iceberg on like name changes and um, general changes that happened yeah. in Star Wars. Uh, a new hope which of course was just called at the time star wars um however it went by a slightly different name didn't it george name. had a yeah he had a different idea for for the name okay and that was again the hardcores the diehards they all know this but i'm gonna say it anyway so star wars obviously in 1977 when it came out was just called star wars and now we know it as star wars a new hope episode four okay so anyway I'm going to go on with this. The title George Lucas originally had. Ready? Go for it. The Adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Wills by George Lucas. Saga 1, Star Wars. Saga 1 is interesting as well. Mm. How many sagas did George have in his head? It is. There we go. It kind of like, it kind of... I don't know. Is that just a different name for episode, do you think? Actually, that's a good point. Maybe. Because obviously we're so used to seeing the word saga, saga films. Of course. Or trilogy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw it, I thought, saga one. Is this mm. like George's way of saying he's got more stories to tell? Because originally we thought this was just a one and done. But um, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, catchy name. The Journal of the Wills. We, we like to say the, the, the diehards know that the Journal of the Wills has been out there since you know the, the day, day one. But... Seeing it in typeface was was pretty cool, pretty special. It is all very special, man. And also, okay, I'm going to mention something else. Do you mind if I go no, ahead and mention in, one man. more thing? So one of the first things that we saw, and for me, I've not been able to get this out of my head as much as <laughs> the other stuff, ironically, hey, is um, James actually had ironic. Uh, insert that bad boy there, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> ironic. So, so... We we actually got like the travel document, uh, like documents and the um, schedules for shooting that day. So you can see um, there's there's a sheet saying artist, right? Yeah. Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, um, Jack Purvis, Peter Diamond, right? Um, and it's just these tiny little names. Peter Diamond was a Tuscan Raider. Um, he was leaving his hotel at seven a.m. Yeah, right. Get this guy, but the Jawa or the head Jawa, he got to leave the hotel at two thirty p.m. Right, so he got he got a cheeky little lay in. He got he got a better deal, yeah, which is crazy. So um, yeah, it's just mental, like props, right? It says on here, Luke's rifle and breakaway, electro binoculars, of course, uh, a Gadarefi axe, 
boxes, mattresses, Jawa guns and weapons, speeder canopy, backpack, carrying gear, production chairs, restraining bolt, and large Jawa zapper. <laughs> it's just really weird. It's just really, really weird just seeing this, just seeing the humanity behind it is so unusual. And seeing large Jawa zapper and and expecting that to mean anything is quite common. Cool. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a, just a, it's a cool street, like we say, from the 26th of March, Friday, 1976. The ground is rough. Please wear sensible shoes. The transport of when the guys, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, all travelled together in a car. I'd have liked to have been in that car on that day. But it's just, like I say, and, and all the extras, like Mark Hamill's stand-in is just called Mahmood. He's got a guy called Mahmood. You know, there's, they needed a crowd. They needed seven local children to play Jawas. A.N. Other, his name was, was um, Anthony Daniels' double. They were just going to choose that on the day by the looks of it. It's just, it's great to see like a bit of history. And like, even the paper itself, just holding it, it, it is literally, well, it's, it sounds stupid, but it's from 1976. It feels it, it looks it. It's, to, to you know, know who's been holding it. Obviously, Arnold himself, Arnold Ross, the location manager. You know, this is all his stuff and this is what he would have held on set, on location of all these people. It's amazing. And it's just, it's even stuff like the heads of the department, if you need extra labour, let us know the night before. If you want transportation, it's really difficult. Let us know a bit further ahead. There's a little note saying, please do not take any personal cameras on set or on sound stages. So the privacy has always been there from, from day one. Maybe not quite as bad as it is now. But there's also detailed directions of how to get to um, the Rock Canyon in Tozer, the canyon which is uh, where they obviously filmed the Jawa and the Tuscan Raiders scene. So if we ever went to Tunisia, we have got detailed directions of how to get right to that part there. But yeah, it's it's just little things, isn't it? Like you say, like Mark Hamill character, Luke Leaf Hotel, just that the, the you know the the magic behind the magic, if you will. It's little things, mm-hmm. but yeah, just reading mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. was just mad. Yeah, it's. Like you said, it's it's just an insight into the magic, and I think I think it's absolutely fascinating. What about you, dude? What's something that stuck out for you, mate? Um, well, obviously the big one, the main one, which anyone's going to read this script is going to see. Oh, look, Obi Wan Kenobi. He's not dead. He just, he survived his duel, and he actually survives the movie itself. He's he's in the Masasi Temple on Yavin Four giving directions to the fleet above the Death Star, and actually Luke Skywalker himself is instructing him. So uh, as of this, Obi-Wan Kenobi survives and is a fairly pivotal figure throughout. So that's, um, And at one point, he, um, after he escapes Darth Vader and Death Star, he um, quote-unquote charges into a group of Stormtrooper and slices them down. So, you know, sort of like 60-something-year-old Alec McGuinness could have been... Alec Guinness, Alec McGuinness, that's Ewan McGregor. Alec Guinness could have been, you know, breezing through <laughs> Stormtroopers, slicing them down left, right and centre, which would have looked Taking them wild. Taking Cutting through them like hot knife through butter. So that would have looked quite weird. But yeah, the first thing is, Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't die, and he survived this film. <laughs> that is mental. That is absolutely mental. And that's when he decided, oh, yeah, there's going to be forest ghosts. Yeah. He changed his mind, man. He was like, he probably <laughs> killed him off thinking, this Alec Guinness guy is like an absolute pain to work yeah. with. But like, He's too oh, expensive. Turn him into a forest ghost. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's, just, it's just fascinating. Like the whole stuff, like, I can't stop reading about it like the millennium falcon simply being known as the pirate starship yeah. right this this is this is this is obviously stuff that i've kind of heard about 
or read about on forums or articles or videos, whatever. Um, but to read it from the actual script, I don't know, mate. It's just there's something there's something surreal about it, isn't there? Because yeah. I feel like I've, I've I feel like I've shared this experience with you, so you you get it. I can yeah. say this stuff, and you just you immediately get it. Isn't it though? Like it's just really weird just seeing these words in there where you could kind of clearly see that George and the team and everyone around him were kind of still figuring out the film, although there was a script and although they were shooting and actually making the film, (laughs) um, you could tell they kind of weren't done. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. We were in that, that pub and we were just in fist bumping way. the whole time, weren't we? Just because just reading it, every time something new came up, it was a fist bump and a pint. It just, yeah, just, it was odd to try and put across, but you did literally feel like you'd been given something out of a time capsule because, like, the paper, the the script, the photographs, the, the, the sticker we got, James very kindly gave us an original sticker from the 70s of when the film was called The Star Wars. And just like holding it, just look, even looking at the the um, material it's printed on, it's just of another time, and it was so yes. surreal. And, it, and because, like I mentioned, we've everybody knows this film and how it goes. Seeing a another draft of what could have been, or actually, George had these ideas, um, used them in later films. Like um, at one point, Darth Vader says, "The Force of Others is with you," which uh, Chu Inway says in 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 Rogue One, and. But Chewbacca mm. is written as having yellow eyes, a flat, has got a flat jacket painted in camouflage and brown cloth shorts. Um, and Garazeb or Zeb from Rebels was modelled on the original Chewie design. And obviously here reading that he's got yellow eyes and these shorts sounds an awful lot like Zeb to me. So there's other things in it, but little bits like that where you think maybe either George knew knew what he was doing ahead of time or he was winging it and, there's, and went back to it and remembered, oh yeah, I remember when I said this in the 1976 script, but um, there's so many wicked things. Yeah, like this, the pirate starship, the Millennium Falcon, is, is a JX-121 fighter. Yeah, it's little things which we which we take for granted. And every time I've read through these and looked at it, I thought, what could what could this film have been had it been shot like this? Because there are some there are other set pieces which were added on, and ones which are now in the film which weren't originally. And it's amazing to think that. What we got spawned what we're talking about now. It gave us everything we know. But how different could it have been if any of this was in it? Mm. There's, dude, like, let's, before we move on, before we move on, can we acknowledge something? Yeah, we can. Red, Red Squadron is called Blue Squadron. Yes. Am I right? Yeah, what's going on with that? I mean, I mean, I mean, Wagwan people. What's going down? <laughs> I thought that was... I was like, out of all the changes, man, like, <laughs> we know we know these films go through so many changes, but... Um, the colours aren't right. <laughs> yeah, it's mental. Yeah, it's just... And it's, it, yeah, it's, I, I thought that was absolutely, absolutely just awesome. I loved it. And what, what's another one that I liked? Hang on. The, the jellyfish thing. What the hell we talk, that we've about? not talked about the jellyfish. Right, so as well, so before the trash compactor scene, so before that, right, um, the three Lair Luke Han, they run into some smaller corridors and become like knee deep in water and ooze, right? And they gotta walk sideways as they enter this like Death Star dungeon, right? And then people, a huge 
jellyfish emerges from the water and towers over the gang. A jellyfish. Of course. Imagine that um, in the 70s. But it hasn't... I mean, I mean... Imagine that in the 70s. That's, that's the thing, isn't it, Matt? You can't really. <laughs> and you can to- you totally get why you were like... They were, they were probably like, yeah, nah, nah, eh, no bueno, I'm so no glad bueno. they did. And it was actually called the Dianogu. Yeah. The Dia, Dianogu. Um, but yeah, basically the gang managed to escape it and then, and then get stuck in the trash compactor. So, yeah. Sounds awful, I don't isn't know it? how on earth that would look, and it would feel like to have that, and then the trash compact scene. I don't know. Just sounds like it, it just feels like crazy. Um, but yeah, that's a point. That's another just absolutely mental point from that script that I ne- again I never knew about that. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> glad it wasn't in there. I've got to tell you because the way they used to die a no go in the New Hope, which is basically just like the eye coming out of the water, perfect. You don't need to worry about the effects, but having a massive jellyfish just like looming over everybody, uh, I, I can't even picture it looking good now with the effects we've got. Because remember how bad Borgullet looked? Imagine like a Borgullet ten times the size. I don't mind Borgullet, you know. I think Borgullet gets like unfairly, Every time you, you know, see like it, slapped around a little bit. There's something about the lighting in the scene where he's kind of, well, they walk in. Like, like moonwalking towards like Bodhi. Moonwalking. Yeah. There's something about that where you just think yeah, there's something the... not quite right there. But he that... kind of just like propels himself, yeah. like a worm, he's like, he's, he's like not... a like. I it, I hope that just like, like that, like the sound effect kind of says more than words, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and that is that's... that is the adjective as well. That's how he walks. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that is exactly. What else we've got? We've got um, uh, Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin had um, he had feels on becoming the emperor. He was trying to actually, you know, get on the emperor's council so he could actually usurp the emperor. And that's Grand Moff Tarkin. There was uh, an imperial dude named Montross who, before after meeting Ben Kenobi and Luke in the in the can in the Bantina, the Cantina, uh, when they get into the docking bay. As Han's getting a Falcon ready to leave, a guy called Montross turns up and basically says, "You know, there's something going on on, on Tatooine. The Emperor, the the you know Darth Vader's heard about this uh, old bloke with a lightsaber. Basically, literally is what happens. And they're saying, look, nobody's nobody's getting off Tatooine, especially not you, because we know about your history. So the kind of Han Solo being a pirate was always there. But then there's this kind of weird sequence where Han Solo gives one of his like one of Montross's guards." something to hold and says you know don't drop this because otherwise you know it'll blow us all to smithereens and it's like this kind of slapstick thing where Han then throws him a wrench the guy drops the thing they all run off and then Han, get, Han gets to drop on Montross and he's going to shoot him but instead throws him out of the ship as um, everybody as the big as the main heroes get on board and the stormtroopers arrive so there's this whole new set piece um, which again would have whether again we don't know whether it would have been out of place because in this story, it kind of works, but it's just the writing is... It's definitely a first kind of attempt it's by banter. George Lucas, yeah. It is banter. Yeah. One of my, talking of like slapstick and like humour, anyway, um, there's this one bit where Luke is on his land speeder. 
He's right, and he's flying through Anchorhead, and an old woman runs out to get out of the way of the speeding vehicle, right? So the land speeder's going by, right? And she shakes her fist <laughs> at Luke's speeder as it flies past, and then she shouts, she shouts, I told you kids to slow down! <laughs> what? Like, Classic. What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as as uh, we famously or infamously say on Star Wars sessions, it's always about the <gasps> execution. Drink, 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 drink. Execution, drink. Um, but, like, I don't know, man. It sounds like... There's no way that works. You know, when we, you know when we talk about the prequels and we say that, like, George Lucas didn't have those same people around him, like, telling him, you know, George, you need to reel it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or, George, Tone it down, mate. That, doesn't, that, that doesn't suit with this. It feels like in, in the original three, that kind of happened. Yeah. Because there's stuff in this where you're like, it doesn't feel cohesive. <laughs> um, but I guess, do you know what? Credit credit where it's due. There's a lot in Star Wars that are face value. Or if you'd never seen Star Wars before and some person, some bloke down the pub was just telling you about it, you'd think, what the hell? What is this bloke on? (laughs) What is this geezer on? You'd you'd think, what on earth is he talking about? But, yeah, it works. It works. So, you know, um, yeah, it's still good good fun, isn't it? Just just to see it all is, is just, it's just lovely really is lovely yeah and so again there's a moment where you know that scene which was taken out of the film where luke skywalker looks up in the beginning of the film and sees like the the about the the battle in the stars on tatooine in this draft he shouts tumbling tortugas um we're meant to believe that means anything but again maybe mark hamill could have sold that line um i love love so many wicked things obi-wan kenobi doesn't just cut ponder baba's hand off arm off in the cantina, he slices him in half from chin to groin, which would have just, which would have been a lot gorier compared to what we got. But apparently, yeah, Obi Wan's a he's a he's a killer, just going around Tatooine slicing people in half. Um, yeah, he, he he's like you know when we used to have the um, canon character game, view of Darth, and Vader, Vader used to just like it used to be like we'd have just a random canon canon character at the end of each episode. <laughs> And it turned out Vader killed him, Literally, right? Everyone. Pretty much like pretty much every other like show, most characters were killed by Vader. Um, it, it sounds like in this universe, that was Obi Wan. Yeah, like he's just going around chopping down fools. Stormtroopers, Ponder Baba, slice him in half. Doesn't care. Stroke of the yeah. beard, Bosh in half. But there's loads of cool Boom. stuff. Done. Ended. Ended. Um, and 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 right, I'm I'm probably because there's 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 just li- there, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of words to go through and digest and go through and just like flipping process. Yep. But one of them is. Can we just address this? This is this is going to be one of my final favourites. Okay, I think I might know what it is. Oh, really? Possibly. Okay. Let okay. The it's incredible. Han says to Luke, <laughs> you're, this is obviously at the end of the film, right? Because we kind of know how it ends, yeah. right? Han Solo's talking to Luke at the end, and he's like, yeah, let's go home, right? He instead, in this script, he goes, you're all clear, Luke. Now blow this turkey <laughs> and get out of here. What? Blow this turkey? What? <laughs> What are you on about? Turkey. You know, in the universe, turkeys are... Turkey. (laughs) What gets me... 
Right. What gets me? I don't get it, mate. I don't get it. It's 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 so like no. fantastically awful. Blow this turkey. It's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So there you go, buddy. There's there's that's probably my final fav. Harrison final Ford fav. ain't selling that. I got I got two more. One of them's good. One of them's pretty much on par with what you just said. The main the the main one is. It, it, it basically, the story ends the same. They blow up the Death Star, they go to the throne room, they get their medal, apart from Chewie. But during a trench run assault, mm-hmm. Luke actually shoots at the Death Star um, at the exhaust port, actually misses the first time, and has to go back round for another charge. So I thought that was pretty pretty cool, that Rosen. Yeah. Obviously, where we get now, we get a guy who was a farm boy, and then two days later is somehow using the force and blowing up a space station. But um, in this one, he actually misses the first go, which I think actually may have been more impactful had he missed the first one. But um, the second part I wanted to mention, it's about Han Solo and Luke again. And this one's more more for Luke Bly rather than Luke Skywalker, but Luke Blywalker. Yeah, they're basically after the assault. They're back home on back in Masasi before they get their medals. Luke says to Han, "I knew you'd be back," and Han replies, "There's more to life than spice." Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I said Luke I was, that as soon I as I read knew, it. I knew, I knew, right? You were gonna mention that, not right? And I left that. that one for you, just because, like, in our look, people, we're not magicians. We don't do this off the top of our head. I know, I know. <laughs> Even though you probably wouldn't think it, because our presentation isn't like ten out of ten banging, but still, <laughs> like Matt in our show notes wrote the spice bit in capitals. He, he, he might just well have like neon signs just like pointing to it saying spice, spice, spice. I sent it to Luke as well. As soon as I, I read it and I circled on my, via my phone, spice. I circled it. It's like, you've got to read this more to life than spice. <laughs> love it. Absolutely. I'd love to have seen that it. in there, Han. Spicy. Spicy. Oh, mate. Should we have a quick chat about the images we've got as well? So, I mean, about the script. Oh, there yes. was so much in yes. that script that we could have gone into. And I'm pretty sure that there'll be a, a show or an extra or even a patron or whatever where uh, maybe maybe me or whatever will go through a bit in a bit more detail. But they are like the main parts. But we also got, what, 24 black and white images, um, which were in a, in a in a binder, uh, which were presented to the, the crew by the looks of it. And um, we saw these. And again, it was fist bumps and it was kind of a you know, puffing your chest out and thinking, wow, kind of moment. Yeah. And there's, again, there's some of these that I'm not even sure if I recognise. Well, I haven't seen some of them. Do you know what I mean? Them, some of them I do. Of them. Some of them, some of them feel just like, you know, classic. I've seen them and a lot of them are just steals from the actual film. Mm-hmm. However, there are some others where I'm like, I, I've not seen that before. Yeah. I'm not going to go through them all completely because it's, it's just a bit stupid trying to describe stuff that, you know, if, you if I've never seen yeah. before, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. So I think what we're going to do with these, we're going to be uploading them, a, a couple of them onto Instagram and uh, Twitter, just over the coming the coming weeks, you know, because these photos are absolutely gorgeous. They so are. we've scanned them, we've got copies of them. Um, and like I said, the vast majority of them, they're already on the internet anyway, but there's a couple, there's a couple on here i'm not so sure maybe maybe they, they probably are mm-hmm. somewhere but I, i've never seen them before so they're just seeing them in black and white that black and white sorry that film it's just it's just nothing but pure naughty and luke's a photographer let's not forget and a damn good one too 
Oh, thank you, dude. Appreciate it. The, I'm telling you, dude. Like you can tell, these these were taken like by by a brilliant photographer. Mm-hmm. They're they're great pictures. Really, really great pictures. Yeah, they, they, some of them are magnificent. I mean, for most of them, I haven't seen. Some of them are kind of variations on pictures that are already out there. So you'll have a picture yes. of Luke and Leia, yes. but or or the guys in the or all four the, the the kings and queen in the cockpit of the Falcon, the Millennium Falcon, or the pirate starship. Um, but it'll be taken from a different angle or a different moment. It'll be taken at. So there's there are some, like you say, there are some stills from the film, but they still look. There's something about, like you say, fit, like actual like physical film uh, photography and the black and white and like the depth of clarity you get from that. There's something about it which just elevates these pictures. But um, what are some of the ones which like we are we're going to upload some of these, like we say, probably and the ones which we mentioned, we're probably much definitely going to upload for you to see. But what are some of the ones which stood out to you, my man? Uh, Luke walking away from the hut, yeah. from Skywalker home. Right, the the first one I saw, yep. the first one I saw was C three PO and R two D two, but they're kind of covered by a little bit of like this sand hill. Mm-hmm. It's just like the positioning of them is incredible. Like in itself, it's a fantastic picture. Um, obviously, there are some familiar ones there, like the portrait of Alec Guinness uh, as Obi Wan. So good that is. It's gorgeous, isn't it? And it's so crisp, yeah, and detailed, and 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 brilliant. It's like it's like you're there with him, and also the X-wing one, mm-hmm. the 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 X-wing flying through uh, the Death Star, um, flipping trench. It's just it it a lot. I would I would get that printed and put it on a wall. Like it's just absolutely stunning absolutely stunning so yeah that there are my favorites uh, i know you've mentioned the alec guinness one what about oh, you mate? mate yeah that one love that one the one of luke in front of the last homestead as well was that was kind yeah. of i think the first one we both looked at each other and were like yes now this this is quality um yeah there's yeah, one of yeah, harrison yeah. ford looking like a boss putting on his um flying gloves haven't seen that one before yes. just again it's just yeah. what a hunk harrison ford looks in in, in that in that han solo outfit and costume and demeanor he just looks like a movie star there's some cool ones from the throne room at the end from different angles of the guys walking towards camera and a couple of um, um angled shots long shots a couple of those the yeah the one of alec guinness uh, and there's a nice one of luke and leia uh this is after uh obi-wan excuse me this is when they're on the ship after luke's uh, auntie and uncle have been burnt to a crisp and Leia's kind yeah. of consoling him. Yeah, that's yeah, what it's yeah. From. That's, that's it. That's it's just it. young yeah, Harry yeah, yeah. and young Mark. That's in the great. film. That's that's definitely in yes, the film. Yes, that's still in the yeah. film. Yeah, like say, most there are some most of the major beats are still in it, but there are kind of set piece additions which are just wild, like the jellyfish. But yeah, some and um, a couple of the stormtroopers look fantastic. Um, a shot of Luke and Leia as they're about to swing across the Death Star from um, part A to part B. Uh, there's there are some just brilliant pictures. Like I say, the black and white just enhances them, but we're going to put some of them up. I'd be interested to see if you guys have seen any of them before as well. And if you have, mm. let us know. I'd be interested to see if somebody like Mark Hamill has seen these ones before, like the ones of him in it. Because some of them, mm. I mean, again, we, we we don't hold to claim that we've seen every single image of all time, but some of them are, you know, not candid, but almost kind of shots. And then um, I can't wait for people to see these because I hope people get the same kind of reaction that we did when we saw them. But I guess that kind of gives us a chance to kind of sum up as well what we thought. We've mentioned it already, but obviously we went up there not quite knowing what we were going to get. 
uh, in terms of the items, but we knew what there was. But until you see it, you don't know. It could just be, you know, a, a script stapled together, parts missing, and you know, not in great condition. These things are in mint condition, almost. They're in fantastic condition. A bit, you know, a bit of a bit of rough and a bit of tumble here and there. But we got up there, and when, when we saw it, it was, yeah, it was, it was just so, so surreal to hold like these pieces of history in our hands. And I mean, even just now, knowing that we're in the same vicinity. It's wild, and yeah, I mean, for you yourself, mm. just the experience of seeing them and holding them and having them. What was it like, mate? It was, it was lovely. I mean, I've yeah, it's, it's just it, you can't compare it to to anything that I've done before, mate. It's just, it's lovely holding these things, seeing them in person. There's one thing seeing it on a screen, and one thing like just actually being able to physically flick through them and see them. Yeah, that was it, and. It was it was a uh, it was very special and uh, it was great to be able to sit there and share it with yourself and just go through these as fans, not not sitting there trying to dissect it and thinking, oh, how can we, what can we use on the pod? No, that we didn't we didn't bother about that. We just sat there and just went through it like fans, and it was just it was like it was really mm. really special, almost emotional reading it because again, it's it's like the start of what we now know. This was kind of yeah. I mean, this is like this is George's thinking, and again to James Cooper. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to meet you and, and, and to read this and to share the stories as well. And obviously, your granddad did a fantastic job on this film yes. and others. And we're so pleased and honoured to be able to kind of have a little bit of that. I was going to say as well, I, I completely agree with that, mate. Thank you, James Cooper. Um, again, guys, listeners, visit artbycooper.co. Um, his website check out his art and also a massive thank you to arnold ross yeah um who was james's um granddad because of you guys we've been able to share this and keep these memories and and these little anecdotes alive so thank you so much yep, 100% agree art by check it out it's great art uh, and he's a very nice guy as well very great guy so thank you once again for that mate um so to carry this on a little bit more, should we uh, head on over to that drinking hole over there, the Bantina? Ooh, spicy. Let's do it. Sweet. Barman, give us, uh, what can we have? A Ponder Baba groin cut, please. Oh, you naughty boy. Um, This always throws me off, this beer. I'll just have what he's had. This is where we don't script everything, some, like, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got to think of some Star Wars beer puns, some more, other than Hoff Goblin. I liked Hoff Goblin, oh. mate. I liked Hoff Goblin, but here uh, we are. We're in the we're in the Bantina. Look, there's Obi-Wan Kenobi. He didn't die in A New Hope. There's a massive jellyfish having a drink. Um, Basically, we asked yeah. you legends, you guys <laughs> out there, the best listeners in the galaxy, if you could change anything from what is now known as A New Hope... What would it be? So we've heard what George Lucas originally had in mind and what he changed to become Star Wars. We wondered what you guys would change if you had a chance. So, Master Blywalker, what did we get? Right, we got some awesome comments from Mike G, Snicked87, a.k.a. Luke Summerfield, King of Ooh. Wales, and Charlie Skywalker. They all said removing the Jabba scene would help um, with Feddy wishing that the special editions didn't try to shove so much CGI crap onto the screen. Yeah, I'm in agreement because obviously, you know, the the, the um, episode A New Hope, episode four, that everyone pretty much sees and loves 
um, is the special edition, isn't yeah. it? It's really, it's really rare and hard to get your hands on the original um, cut of Star Wars by George Lucas. Um, but yeah, there we go. We had a lot of people actually replying, basically saying not calling it a new hope would be good. So a lot of people um, mm. keep kicking it old school as well. Uh, Graveyard Geek Podcast said the dialogue, dialogue was pretty rough, but that's George Lucas for you, they said. Uh, Shin Masamura said the pacing <laughs> could do some adjusting. And Donnie Dreep, boop, uh, wants to erase the Han shot second ordeal. And Donnie, I am yes. with you on that. Yeah, I agree with that, dude. Um, yep, up next, the Sleeping Giant Podcast would simply change the title back to Star Wars. Um, J.E. Camp 86 and our boy Sean Hudson um, wants a more intense lightsaber duel between Kenobi and Vader. Yes! Mm -hmm. And Paul Buckle is hurt that C-3PO has a loose servo or bolt on his elbow that Lucas never noticed. Yeah, that... Now you've pointed it out, mate, um, I kind of... Uh, I'm kind of not going to ever forgive you. And I'm always <laughs> going to notice that. So, yeah, thanks, geezer. No, I'm only joking. It is what it is. What I love those old things in films. I think we need a specialer edition now just to get rid of that. Uh, and finally, the Mando with no name said... Add just one Latinx character, maybe as part of Han's crew or the Rebels, and Star Wars all in simply said, not a thing, not a single thing. Uh, thank you for that, guys. We had we had <laughs> we had a load of different answers. These are some of the ones we pulled. We had a lot of people obviously saying just keep it called Star Wars. We had some other spicy ones as well, but they were kind of like the main ones we had where people were in agreement. So thank you so much for all of that, guys. And um, yeah, keep on sending what you change in the films and maybe we can get a special uh, edition. So yeah, thank you, guys. Um, Shall we move on to the Patreon question and give a shout out to a couple of the newbies? Yeah, let's shout out our newbies. Of course, people, we have a Patreon. If you didn't know, where we have exclusive shows such as Star Wars Sessions podcasts, where Matt and I go to the pub and chat Star Wars. Although, we've done three of them now, and uh, ironically, not one yeah, of them at a pub. The last one we um, had beer, anyway. though. Yeah, that's true. We're it was at Comic-Con, but we had beer. We're so it, it counts. It counts. Um, and yeah, we, we get other shows such as the Journal of Luke Blywalker, a show where I chit chat about stuff. We got Jibber Jabber with Jabber the HUD, where Matt talks about stuff. It's just awesome. It's so for, from from two dollars a month, for, from two dollars a month, you get access to that content, guys. It's it's a no brainer. A cup of coffee from a coffee shop is going to cost you like double that. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So from that a month, you get to listen to all these shows. We got we got giveaways. And loads of other stuff and interesting, cool stuff going on there. So go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Take a little cheeky look. But first of all, we have to give a shout out to our new patrons who joined in October. Who are Matthew Bell, who joined at the high ground tier. And Adrian Chorley, who joined at this is where the fun begins tier. Yes, Kings. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for Thank jumping you. on the bandwagon here. Uh, help, help supporting the show uh, and wanting to listen to us because uh, it means again every every time we get a nice comment, it means the world to us. But the fact that you guys are supporting us in that way is 
It's incredible, and we're so glad that you you enjoy the content that much. And I hope you enjoy that the the, the shows that Luke's just mentioned. We put them out whenever we w- want. We put them out regularly, not every six months. We put them out regularly, so you guys get an extra few doses of Star Wars sessions each month. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for supporting the show to that at that level. And um, I know Luke feels the same. Yeah, I do, mate. It means. It means the absolute world to us, guys. Thank you. Oh, the absolute galaxy to us, guys. So, <laughs> Come on, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. And uh, as part of being a patron, if you, if you join at the $3 tier, you get a guaranteed question every month. And we have another two for you. We do a couple every week. So here are the next two questions. Master Blywalker, hit it. Dom Boring asks... Do you think that the rise of Skywalker will add a whole new element to The Last Jedi when it's said and done? Don, I think that is an amazing question. Um, yeah, in, in in general, I think actually the rise of Skywalker, from the way it's looking so far, um, episode nine is going to look, look like make episode eight look incredible. It's going to make it look even more better, right? Because it, I think episode eight just took those risks that the saga needed mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like it a lot of people don't like the way it was done and i understand that i get a lot of that um i don't always agree with most of it but there are there are elements that the the last jedi had that i think were just so interesting and some of the most interesting things and storytelling we've had since the original trilogy or dare i say ever in 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 a star wars film from a certain point of view of course (laughs) um for me for me mate um i really want um the ray and kylo relationship to be enhanced Mm -hmm. i want to know why the force is connecting them together and i feel like that is going to be explored in episode nine and when we look back at episode eight we'll be like oh of course that's that's why that's why um so that's kind of like what i'm thinking dude yeah, but thank you, Don. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, absolutely, same. It. The Last Jedi is not going to be retconned or ignored by JJ. None of that rubbish. He's going to be pulling from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, of course, to tie up elements in the new film. Uh, remember, JJ oversaw direction or production of both of those films. So JJ's been around for all of it. He's not going to just, um, you know, poo-poo all over The Last Jedi just because it wasn't his film. No, no. Is is it going to be? Uh, is it going to be enough to change the minds of the people who really don't like The Last Jedi? Not a chance, but it's going to enhance certain parts. Like you mentioned, Raylo or Ray and Kylo. That is absolutely going to be the crux of the story. Luke Skywalker, he's coming back in episode 9. His appearance is only going to enhance what happened in, in, in episode 8. Because remember how he went from grumpy Luke to heroic Luke. He's going to carry that on in The Last Jedi, uh, in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, maybe, maybe Snoke might be enhanced, depending on the, the party that Palpatine is going to be throwing. Poe Dameron's arc as well, from the beginning to the end of The Last Jedi, is going to be crucial to the rise of Skywalker. He went from yes. hot-headed flyboy yep. to you know, leading the Resistance pretty much. So how he is in The Rise of Skywalker is only going to shine a brilliant light on The Last Jedi. And there'll be little things yep. as well which we, can't, which we forgot about. We'll, we'll look back and think, oh yeah, Ryan Johnson set that up in The Last Jedi. Ryan and J.J. Abrams just smashed it for a home run, so... I think it will do. I don't think there's going to be. There's not going to be any retconning or anything like that. I think what JJ does with the rise of Skywalker, it's going to add a whole new element to the Last Jedi. I really think it will do, and to the Force Awakens, of course, and to the saga. But I honestly think it is going to. Maybe it will change some people's mind on the Last Jedi. I don't know, but it will elevate it. I do believe that. 
Yeah, uh, mate, great comment. Yep. I cannot wait for episode nine. It's like it, it feels like it feels like we've not really mentioned episode nine much this 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 show, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's a lot of other things going on in the, the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, but dude, I am absolutely buzzing for it now, and I I, I can't wait to see what JoJo does. I can't wait to sit in the cinema next to this guy. And watch that film oh, just dude. to see his reaction. Just calm him down. Look, calm down, mate. Calm down. It's going to be all right. Um, we also had a had a new a question from our new Patreon, from the King, from the legend known as Matthew Bell. He said, "What time intervals between the Skywalker films would you like Lucasfilm to explore in future television and film projects?" Matthew said he'd be up for uh, a New Hope and the Empire Strikes Back uh, because the rebellions on the up. The Empire's regrouping and angry Vader is slicing up anything that moves. And here on Sessions, we love Angry Vader. For me, it's still going to be anything set between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, just because there's so much time to fill with new characters, uh, new stories with new characters and legacy characters that wouldn't you know, necessarily ruin anything from the OT. Because some of the comics in the Marvel Star Wars run have added some you know, weird things in canon, like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker meeting before the Empire strikes back in one of the comics. And I think... I don't really like that because it impedes too much on established canon. Whereas the 30-year time difference between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, yes. you can have Luke, Leia, Han, Lando doing whatever they want almost, and it's not going to necessarily change anything unless they like purposely go out to change something. So for me, I'd li- I want I want new stuff. I want to see between Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. If you're going to twist my arm, you know Empire and Jedi as well. It's only a short time period, similar to eight and nine. So. You know, Hans in Frozen Night, what's happening with all that? So that would be my answer is Jedi and The Force Awakens. But what about you, my man? Ah, uh, dude, um, you kind of stole my answer. Like, beat <laughs> to beat. <laughs> uh, no, it's Mandalorian territory, isn't it? I know yeah. that's cheating a little bit, but it's between um, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. There's so much... Uh, you can learn about and i think now episode nine is done and dusted the story's done for it the plot's done for it we're going to start seeing that right yeah. we can already now i've already discovered for example the knights of ren aren't really who we thought they That's were mental. which is absolutely mental and a good conversation for another time definitely oh. but but you know there's there's a few things where we're like oh okay so maybe that played out differently to what how we thought yeah. um yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go for between six and seven mate again i agree with you and i agree with me but thank you for that matthew as well cheers for your first question king. do keep it coming and thank you for your support speaking of which master blowwalker the king the legend of basil and boy he mentioned a giveaway we have just ran our first giveaway the first ever star wars sessions patreon giveaway we've also got another one coming up soon but this was the, the, the prize was a Rise of Skywalker pop final and a admittedly smokingly spicy looking Star Wars Sessions mug. I haven't got one. <laughs> I really would like one. They look the bomb. Um, so that was a prize and two patrons are going to win those prizes each. The uh, the results are win and we've got two lucky winners. Mate, Luke, who are our lucky winners after that drum roll? They are... Adrian Chorley and Katie Stubbs. <laughs> yes, they are. Congratulations, there guys. Go. 
Yeah, congratulations, guys. And have fun drinking your tea, coffee, or booze. We're, we're not judging uh, from your new <laughs> Star Wars Sessions mugs. Yes. And enjoy the pop vinyls, cool, because who don't love a pop vinyl? A, a spicy pop vinyl from Episode Nine. We, yes, sir. We want those pop vinyls. Well, but yeah, send us a picture when you get it. We'd love to see your happy face. But yeah, thank you guys so much for that. Hope you enjoy it. Congratulations. We'll get those out to you ASAP. And we're going to be running off another giveaway soon. This one's directly from the mind of Luke Blywalker. Uh, we'll drop that information shortly. So before we move on anywhere else, Comic Con. We went there a couple of weeks ago. I think I'm still recovering from it. I've still got a hangover. I still kind of wish I was there. We had a wicked time. We basically, Luke, myself, uh, and Blyzak, Isaac Pevy, the producer slash videographer slash graphics guy, all round top man. We were basically let loose to run amok the Excel Centre in London with uh, microphones uh, attached to the hip like lightsabers. And we were just having a great time chatting with Star Wars friends, Star Wars fans, and basically any or just anybody who happened to be there who looked like they may like Star Wars. We had a wicked time. So, um, yeah, uh, our show last week kind of encapsulated that, but we kind of just want to mention, bring it up, that, you know, what a great time we had. And, uh, I think Luke had a. I think Luke enjoyed himself. Let's put it like that. Oh, <laughs> dude, it was so much fun. MCM Comic Con London, thank you so much yeah. for having us. We got amazing um, interviews and chats with people, as you guys know from the last episode. We enjoyed, uh, not even enjoyed. We we were we were over the moon to cover this event. So thank you. We also had an amazing and productive chat with the Hasbro managers right for star wars for the star wars brand right um and instead of putting that into this show or to any show it's going to get its own show um that's how uh matt and i feel feel on this topic anyway um so guys we're going to be posting a star wars sessions extra show at some point very very soon probably in the coming days of matt and i chatting to um the guys over at hasbro asking some yeah, that's it. So so we, we have a good chat with them. Some of them are jokey questions and us just having a laugh. But also, we 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 do ask quite a serious question, especially when it comes to um, Triple Force Friday yeah. in UK and Europe. Yeah. And um, secretly, between, between you and I, I think they quite liked having a bit of a laugh. <laughs> I think yeah, so. Yeah, they did. They loved it. It was great. And thank you also to Tanya, who sorted it out for us. Shout out. You're fantastic for doing that and approaching us for that. But the Hasbro interview is actually going to be it's on, on our YouTube channel, which we are just launching now. All of the main shows are going to go up there for those who prefer to watch YouTube and listen to us. Uh, and we're going to be dropping the videos from Comic-Con, so the interviews we've got, and, and also just us dancing as well. We dance a few times. We're, we're going to dance with some of the people who are there. They're going to be on there as well. But interviews with the people, uh, attendees, the Hasbro interview is already up on there as now. So uh, please go ahead and subscribe to Search Star Wars Sessions on YouTube. We have only got a few subscribers on at the minute because we've literally just launched. But um, yeah, if you'd love to subscribe, we'd love to have you on there. And we're going to be dropping videos left, right and centre over the coming weeks, months and years. So um, yeah, check those out, guys. Uh, but yeah, anything else on Comic-Con before we, sh- before we wrap up, mate? Spicy. Spicy. It was literally spicy. And, uh, <laughs> spicy. Before we move on to the king of spice, Curtis Smith, I just want to quickly sh- a couple of shout-outs from Jabba the Hutt to a couple of guys out there. Firstly, a dude called Eric Butts. You may have heard of him. He's the guy you may have seen crying with joy on his reaction um, tra- videos to the new trailers. He makes these videos where he reacts to the trailers and he basically just cries his eyes out. It's wonderful to watch. It's a joy to watch. Um, he gets negative comments from people out there. 
keep it to yourself. The guy's having a great time. I love watching it. Uh, and your passion is incredible. Also, I want to shout out to Anthony Rule, Farm Boy, Michael Condon, Daniel Thorpe, Neil Lowry and Charlie Skywalker uh, for their constant social media shout outs for us to show and support. They're always um, banging the drum for the sessions, uh, retweeting the shows, sharing the shows, getting people to listen. So thank you, guys. It means the world that you like the show that much that you want to tell other people about it. And I just thought I'd give you guys a shout out on the show to thank you for that support. Yeah, absolute legends. Thank you so much. So now over to over to over to a man who's a legend with the pen. Curtis Smith, take us away for our cheeky little power bank. Great decision. The galaxy's fate in your grasp, sir. You withheld the title of master. Now Anakin's heated, the Jedi defeated. I think I hear Palpatine's laughter. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet on Instagram and Facebook, at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. There he is, the man who can win a game of Connect Four in just three moves. Curtis Smith, thank you very much. Angry Anakin there. Always Curtis, always a legend. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Now, from the golden tones of the Smith Lords to the Star Wars Sessions game. <laughs> yes, it's going to be. Yeah. It's my turn. Pow, pow, tap. It's my turn this week to host. Um, it's a bit more. This, this one isn't. Um, last week, or the week before, sorry, Luke jumped on me with an RPG, uh, which was frankly hilarious. And we got so many comments from people who spat their drink out at work and really enjoyed that. And I'm afraid to say this one's probably not going to be anywhere near as good as what comes out of Luke Blywalker's mouth. But do bear with me. It's a very simple game. It's simply, would you rather, Luke? Would you rather? You up oh, for that? Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always, oh, always. Here we go. Cutie Music DJ. Would you rather, now we are, we asked this question at Comic-Con to a few geezers, but would you rather, it's your turn, would you rather have Han Solo's head on Babu Frick's body or Babu Frick's head on Han Solo's body? Oh, I'm going to go for Han's head, mate. Han head Han's on Babu head Frick's and, body. Then build, and, then, and then build like an android or something to go below me. So maybe, Boom. maybe a Blyborg? That's it, Blyborg. <laughs> wink, wink. Yep. <laughs> um, next one. Following John Boyega's comments in the last week, would you rather face Anakin Skywalker by himself or Ray, Kylo Ren, and Finn at the same time? Oh no, dude. Ray, Kylo, Finn. Come on. I'll be. I'll be out. To be fair, none of them is good for you, is it? Really. Not to be if, honest, if no. you're on the bad side of either of them, you know, you're going down. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for the three. Yeah, Luke's running scared of Anakin Skywalker, the chosen one. Don't blame me, mate. No uh, would you rather talk no like Director Krennic or Dexter Jetster? Hmm. Hmm. Let me answer you with this. Fire! <laughs> <laughs> and that is what actually inspired this question. If you listen to last week's show, at random moments, you'll just hear Luke, Luke scream, Fire! in the background. It is incredible. As well as some great yeah, Irish Krennic, accents as well. my boy Krennic. My, my boy Krennic. My sorry, boy Krennic. Sorry, Dexter. You lose, boy. Uh, would you rather be exiled on Dagobah or Tatooine? Uh, uh, exiled. Like, what are we talking? We we saying, like, am I away from civilization? Yeah, or You've got to go and live out your life. You're going to do it on Dagobah or Tats? I'm, 
I'm I'm gonna say Tatooine because I'm I reckon I'd be able to find civilization mm-hmm. quicker. Yeah, it seems like a more populated place than Dagobah. So yeah, I'm gonna go for Tats. Tats, and your hair would get more recognition on Tats as well. Next one: Would you rather be thrown down a reactor shaft or sliced in half by a lightsaber? Reactor shaft, mate, because likelihood is you're gonna survive. Yep. So, spot on yeah. answer would yeah, you rather have up, a red arm up. or a metal robotic leg red arm mate because then you might not re- you might not recognise me though so. <laughs> exactly uh, would you rather fight for the resistance or the first order ooh uh, no I'm going to be a goody two shoes resistance nope, fair enough you get to hang around a rose tico boom um, I played battlefront um, earlier on so would you rather have a knight on endor or a knight on geonosis <sighs> Oh, Geonosis, man, because those Ewoks on Ewok Hunt, hunt are evil. Mate, I got speed. They are nasty earlier, when um... they want to be. They are they are naughty little boys. They eat you. Naughty boys. They eat you. Would you rather lay down some rhymes with Ray or provide a meaty backing track with the Cantina Band? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be straight with the Cantina Band, Ooh. making some sick, dope, sludgy naughty beats sorry ray uh would you rather he doesn't like you or i don't like you either i don't like you either (laughs) the one question that makes no sense um (laughs) would you rather wear padme's black dress in attack of the clones that she wore by the fireplace or would you rather wear her big red queen robes in the phantom menace ah queen robes those look pimp no fair enough yeah and you gotta have the hair as well yeah, of obs, obs. Okay. I'll take the black dress in. Uh, a couple more. Would you rather be frozen in carbonite or be Jabba's slave? Uh, carbs every day. <laughs> yeah, it was good enough for Han Solo. Carb diet, isn't it? Carb diet. <laughs> yeah, carb blight. Um, would you? Uh, would you rather fight what we hate or save what we love? Save what we love. <laughs> what nice save guy. what we love. And yeah. finally, would you rather boom de gasser? Then crashed the boss's hay blipper, or grabbing that Jedi Denpar Misa here. Would you like me to repeat the question? Yeah, go on then. Would you rather boom de gasser then crashed the boss's hay blipper, or grabbing that Jedi Denpar Misa here? Grabbing that Jedi Impar Misa here. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, that is it. Would you rather? So that Luke, is what, best. So as we now know, being thrown down a reactor shaft is a key to survival. Yeah, yeah. If, any, if anything, it ups your rate of survival. I've heard anyway. Yep, and I would like you to do the next show exclusively as director Krennic. Oh, mate. I don't know if I'd be able to. I think you could. It'd be lonely, I'd, it'd be lonely, I'd imagine. Oh, are we blind? Oh. Deploy the Bantina! Oh. <laughs> it would be Fuck. brilliant. Yes. So that, that was the classic. Game Thanks, for this Matt. Week. That, was, that, that was proper naughty. I liked it, mate. Good fun. Good a bit fun. Of fun. I, now I can't wait to see what next week's game is because Luke's coming out of it. So hold your oh. horses. We're gonna have a barn, barn. No pressure, but we're gonna have a banger next week. I'm sure of it. Absolutely, absolutely. <gasps> Boom. Well, again, I'm sad to say it's been a few weeks since we got on the blower, but we're back again. But now we're going. That is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there. We're going to be back next week. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S 
at the end. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions with an S on the end. So that's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Or feel free to drop us a cheeky little voice note or message to our email address, which is sws at whatiwatchedtonight.co.uk. That's sws at whatwatchedtonight.co.uk. And as we said earlier, if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yep, you can listen to us right now, as you are already. Otherwise, we're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're in the galaxy, you can find the podcast. We're there. And if you do enjoy the show, please also consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice. Uh, just because it helps the show out. It helps the show grow. And we do like here. It's re- reading your comments because we appreciate every single one of them. Yeah, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum. Tell your dad. Tell your mates, tell your cats, tell the bloke who meets up with you and gives you amazing Star Wars content to read through and go through and scan. Shout out to James Cooper. Boom, boom. But also tell your cousin, tell the sand person and tell the Ewok who lives next door too. The more the merrier, the Kessel spicier. Bring the jellyfish along for the ride. This is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, it's Sia and from Luke... May the force be with you always. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Tell that to Country Club. <laughs>